Well, this is the Ag Bioscience Podcast with Agrinovitz Indiana. Welcome and thank you for joining us on this first podcast of 2021. I'm Gary Dick, the creator and host of Inside Indiana Business. And this week, very excited to welcome Sherry DeYoung. Sherry is the Chief Financial Officer of Natural Prairie Dairy. And uh, Sherry, it's great to see you, uh, although uh, virtually, but uh, great for you to be with us. Thank you. I am very uh, happy to be with you today. And uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Your story is uh, is a great one, a story that began uh, outside of Indiana, but has expanded into the state. And we'll get into that. But you are the first person uh, that we're going to try out a new new feature uh, on our podcast, Rapid Fire, to kind of get into the conversation. And ask you uh, four quick questions and uh, get your answers on these as we begin our first podcast of 2021. So you are a dairy farmer. How many hours of sleep do you get a night? I would say between six and seven hours. However, right now I'm in the middle of my financial audit, so I'm getting a little bit less. <laughs> okay, sleep's highly overrated, right? Yes. Uh, your preference, skim or 2%? Uh, 2%. Uh, mainly because my husband would rather have full fat and I uh, would rather have skim, but uh, I buy the 2% for my household. Good. What's the difference? Nice. Okay. White or chocolate milk? Uh, white milk. Okay. With cookies. All or right. Eggs. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite part about expanding the company into Indiana? Well, I, I would say it's been exciting because Indiana is such a wonderful ag state. Uh, they're friendly people. Um, We have just uh, been welcomed by the community. And I, to be honest, one of the things that I love doing is just driving in the back roads and you see corn and beans and know that that food is going to feed the world. Yeah, very good. Uh, Final question for you. Uh, This uh, 2020 and certainly into 2021, Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams and all the remote uh, applications are certainly invoked. Did you have a, uh, a favorite Zoom memory from last year at all? I, I would say it was when we would have, uh, like on Sunday afternoons, our family, our wider family, Donald has um, six brothers and sisters, and we would actually have each family pod um, and just to, so rather not use it for work, but to use it for family connections because we weren't able to see each other. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, Well, let's start uh, with the conversation about uh, about the company, Natural Prairie Dairy. But first, a little bit about you, Sherry. You actually, as I understand, you grew up in Northern California. Talk a little bit about uh, your personal story uh, in uh, growing up in in California. Sure. So I was born and raised in Northern California, Lake County. And uh, my dad was the local grocer in our very small town, graduated with about 60 people. Um, I was very active in FFA growing up and had animals that I showed at the county fairs. Um, I ended up going to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo uh, for college and I uh, got my bachelor's degree in ag business management. And that is where I met my husband, Donald. He was also going to Cal Poly. He was born and raised in Southern California. So we met kind of in the middle in Central California. Uh, We were in the same major. Uh, We ended up doing some projects for the California Milk, California Milk Advisory Board, which was uh, my first taste of dairy. And uh, so I married into the dairy business. Um, And uh, after 
basically a year of being married and in California, we moved to Texas and we actually lived in central Texas for the first 15 years. Um, and we uh, dairied conventionally. Mm-hmm. What, what talk about what, what uh, prompted the move to Texas? Uh, well, California um, at that time had a quota system. It was very difficult to get into the dairy business without a lot of money. And so uh, our banker uh, there in California, uh, of which Donald's brother still dairied there, um, knew of a dairy that was for sale in Texas. And so we loaded up the moving vans and headed east. And it was uh, very exciting to be able to start our own operation in central Texas, which is near the Stephenville area. We'll talk about uh, your company. Uh, you are uh, CFO, co-owner of Natural Prairie Dairy. Give me a thumbnail description uh, of the company. So uh, to, to take it from our um, conventional uh, starting point in Central Texas, we ended up moving up here to the panhandle of Texas near Dalhart. And um, we moved here in 2005. And when we moved here, there, we were in the right place at the right time, and we had an opportunity to uh, start a certified organic uh, farming operation. And because we are dairy farmers at heart, we had to milk cows at the same time. So when we first started in 2005, we thought we would milk 500 certified uh, cows and um, things just grew. Uh, We had great relationships with, um, uh, I'm gonna call customers here in the Texas area, customers like HEB, which is a regional grocer down here in Texas, as well as Kroger. And so one thing led to another and we have expanded our operations tremendously over the past 15 years here in uh, Dalhart, Texas. And because of customer relations that we've built here, we have uh, markets that we want to service in, uh, in the, on the East Coast and in the Midwest, which has led us to Indiana. Yeah, well, what, what was it about Indiana? Geography, I'm sure, was, uh, was part of the equation, but what was it that attracted uh, your investment, your expansion into Indiana? So in that Newton County area, uh, and I would say those counties that are uh, in that area, there was already a dairy uh, presence there. And so there's, there's the Fair Oaks Farms, which I'm sure that you are um, familiar with. And, and we know many of the uh, dairy farmers in that area. So when there is a presence up there, you have the infrastructure and the services that you need um, in order to have dairy industry. So that was an obvious choice for us. If we were going to be heading north, Indiana's uh, very ag friendly. Um, we wanted to make sure that we went to a place that had the services and the, uh, and the infrastructure present so that we, it, would, it, it would make our lives a lot easier. Um, we were able to find some, uh, some great land there in Newton County that we're able to transition from conventional to certified organic. And that's a three-year process. And we were able to do that and then start building that dairy. And, and now we are full circle and um, uh, milking cows up there for this past year. Did the ag, uh, I'll use the word climate, uh, and not in it from a weather sense, but just the, the, um, the vibe of agriculture, ag bioscience, uh, Agrinova certainly uh, is uh, spreading the word around the state of Indiana and beyond. But, but did that, uh, the, the, uh, the atmosphere, the attitude of agriculture and technology play a role too? 
Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, Indiana is known for its agriculture. Um, and because it's a very welcoming state, they have so much that they grow in corn and beans. They have um, certified farmers up there that we actually buy uh, corn and uh, corn from. Uh, so it's, it's nice to have that infrastructure there so that we can um, actually do business with other people there in Indiana as well. Sustainability, it's a big part of your company's um, fabric. Uh, recently, you announced that Natural Prairie a Dairy uh, implemented a system to make uh, efficient use or more efficient use of cow manure. Talk about the idea for VARCOR. So the VARCOR stands for Vapor Recompression for Concentration and Recovery. And that's a lot of words uh, for a, a new innovative system that we have um, developed uh, over the, the past, I'm going to say several years. Um, it all started, so I'll, I'll kind of go uh, back a little bit. It all started when... Uh, with a chance meeting with a man by the name of Peter Janicki of Janicki Industries in the state of Washington. And we had found out about him as he was taking wastewater and turning it into clean water. And this is wastewater of, uh, in, in various other uh, countries. And so we partnered with him because we knew that animal agriculture, this is not just dairy, but it's hogs, poultry, cattle, we knew animal agriculture had, uh, I'm going to say manure has always been a problem, um, uh, but we see it as a tremendous resource um, within our farming operation because as a certified organic dairy farmer, we cannot use herbicides and pesticides the way that other uh, farmers use it. We have to use um, uh, we are certified organic, so therefore we can't use those products. So the products that we can use uh, are going to be the outputs of this VARCOR system. Mm -hmm. So the VARCOR takes uh, liquid manure that has gone through a sand separation process. We use sand as bedding. So we take all the sand out and that liquid manure goes into our VARCOR and it is boiled, okay? And then uh, it, it goes through this process. And I am not an engineer to tell you about all of the detail things that it that actually happens to it. But there are three products that come out of this VARCOR. One is clean water. Uh, the other is a dry solid powder, uh, uh, N NPK powder fertilizer, as well as uh, um, aqueous ammonia, which is a nitrogen fertilizer. So it's tremendous that we can utilize these products on our certified organic dairy farm. In fact, we have gotten the dry solids, the dry N NPK is now certified with Omri and it is called Farmalizer 333. So it's our goal to be utilizing that product on our farming operations on our land. Uh, any extra will be selling out to our neighbors but certainly it's going to help us be a quote, closed loose, closed loop system within our dairy farm. A lot of innovation, uh, technology, uh, getting something like this, Varkor, getting it uh, launched. Can you describe or talk about that process, you know, from start to finish, how, how um, challenging maybe it was to, to, to get, this, uh, get this up and running? So when we first started and, our 
partners uh, in, in, in Washington, as well as my husband here on the uh, farming operations, a lot of trial and error. So um, engineers, they do a lot of math and they like, this will work. Um, but when you do things out on the farm, in the cold, in the heat, um, you encounter a lot of other uh, different factors. And so we have seen that um, you have to, you know, have a lot of perseverance in moving through uh, all of the issues that perhaps come up. And uh, like I said, there's been a lot of trial and error. We have invested a great deal of, of time and money into making this system work. And we think that we are there. Uh, we are uh, running and we are producing the products that I just mentioned. And um, we are ready to, to start expanding uh, the bar core on different operations. Is this in your view, in a sense, maybe the tip of the iceberg when you talk about innovation and creating uh, sustainable operations, more efficiency, profitability for farm operations, uh, these types of things, these types of innovations are really gonna be part and parcel of the dairy and really the overall ag industry going forward. So um, the dairy industry, just as an, uh, as an industry uh, has said that they will be net zero by 2050. Mm. So they have put a stake in the ground of what the industry will be doing. And so we think that this is an incredible technology to be able to utilize um, as we move forward to reach those goals. Um, it is certainly an issue that we can take the manure and we can actually create products that are usable uh, for not only a certified farm like ours, but also conventional farms all over the um, country. And we think that this is gonna be financially reasonable for uh, various operations um, uh, throughout the Midwest, uh, especially California. You know, some of these, uh, I'm gonna call it more sensitive areas with, um, um, you know, with the environmental um, issues, um, that that's probably where things will start, but ultimately um, it'll really, could be expanding throughout the entire country. Give us a, a thumbnail description of the size of your uh, Newton County operation uh, here in Indiana and prospects potentially for, for growth. Sure, so in Indiana, we, uh, we can milk 3,500 cows. Um, we have about 2,500 acres of farmland, uh, which we do a lot of grazing on. So most of the uh, land that we have there in Indiana, we use to graze our animals because as a certified organic operation, that's part of being certified organic is to graze. And so anyone that actually drives by the farm will see a lot of black and white cows out on the actual pastures. Uh, innovation in, in technology, things that you all are very much focused on, uh, attracting and keeping talent in the state is, is a big issue here, as it is in, in many other states. Any messages you have to aspiring uh, entrepreneurs in the ag bioscience space? One of the challenges and opportunities, I guess you could say, that ag, uh, Agrinovus is exploring is really educating people to the careers in agriculture. As you would speak to entrepreneurs who are thinking about it, any message you have for them? Well, I have, I have several things. So number one, if you're a young, on, uh, young entrepreneur out there, um, 
you most likely have to partner and or work with people that uh, that have some experience, um, that have money, because um, trial and error and developing new technologies is not cheap. Um, and then also find people that have a passion to really be in it for the long term, because um, you know you can say that you're going to be doing things within a month or two or three, but ultimately we know that these revolutionary new technologies. They take time and they take a lot of perseverance. And then the other thing I'd say, you talk about young people and, uh, and you know, opportunities within agriculture. Um, we love to go to various universities and, and um, recruit there because we find exceptional talent at uh, various ag schools throughout the country, Purdue being obviously one of your premier uh, ag schools. Um, but we know that there are so many opportunities in production agriculture. You know, it used to be where you would have, it would always be the son or the daughter, you know, taking over the family farm. But we have seen that over time that farming operations have become larger and that there are careers that we can bring people in that don't have to be, um, you know, the, the son or the daughter from the family farm, but they can create and be valuable members of our team members. Now, that's not to say that we're not a family farm. Um, so it's my husband and myself, Donald's brothers. We have various operations uh, down here in Texas and obviously Indiana. And then um, I have a, a, a daughter that works for our company. She specializes in HR work. Uh, we have very, I had mentioned my nephew that helps run our uh, dairy there in Indiana, Will. And we have several nephews here that help uh, run our dairy operations here in Texas. So it's very much a family operation, but we love bringing in and having key people that we work with uh, that we recruit from various universities around the country. Oh, it's an amazing story. Uh, some great messages uh, uh, all around Natural Prairie Dairy, a Texas-based company, but expanding into Indiana. And uh, Sherry DeYoung, the CFO at Natural Prairie Dairy, really appreciate you taking time to be with us. We look forward to following your story, too, here in Indiana. So thanks for joining us. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in and uh, sharing the conversation in Season 4 of the Ag Bioscience Podcast. You can find more episodes uh, on the latest in innovation, entrepreneurship, and talent in Indiana's Ag Bioscience space by visiting the news page at Agrinovus Indiana. That's agronovisin.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick, produced by Kayla Chittister, Bridget O'Reilly, Libby Fritz, and Joe O'Leary. More people get Indiana Business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.